the Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word. You know, the Gospel of Mark is a very, very special book within the panorama of God's Word. Mark 1.15, the time has come, he said, the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the gospel or the good news. And with that, we welcome you to today's edition of Exploring the Word. Alex McFarland here along with Bert Harper. And we've got a special edition of Exploring the Word. We're going to look at a little bit of the gospel of Mark, and then we're also going to take calls and Bible questions. And, you know, Bert, uh, this is December. Now, I wasn't on yesterday because I was teaching, but uh, we're in one of my favorite months. I, I guess my favorite month of the year December, and you know why, because this is the month we commemorate the birth of Christ. But it's good to be with you, brother. It's good to be with you. We missed you, but Jim Stanley, man, he pinched hit for me, and then you. He did it two week, two days in a row, and oh, we always great. appreciate Jim. But today's a special day also because we have a guest with us, and when we have a guest here on Exploring the Word, uh, you know it's special because our program is not a interview program. So when right. we interview someone, we feel like it's very, very important, and that is no exception today. Uh, AFR uh, and AFA has so many ministries. You hear about the studios. You hear about the journal that's going to be known as The Stand from now on. But uh, we also have the AFR Action. And uh, AFR Action is a policy legislative uh, affairs ministry that where we get involved in in issues that uh, govern our, our government, our society. And our Vice President of Policy and Legislative Affairs is Rob Chambers. Rob, mm. welcome. Bert, thank you so much. Hey, great to great to be tuning in here with you, uh, Bert, and also Alex. Thank you much. Well, Good to have you. And I've just got to say this, uh, from Director to Vice President. Yeah. Now, is it, have you been elevated? Is your is your desk a little bigger? Is your office a little? No, bigger? I think things have just stayed the same. You know, it's just more more things, more things to do. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I I heard this, and you guys yeah. get you know I'm looking for humor, but they said the as a pastor or staff member, the longer the title, less salary. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of like people that have a lot of keys on their key ring, maybe. Yeah, that may yeah. be true, but it is good <laughs> to have you. And, yeah. Alex, one reason that this ministry is so important that Rob is a part of, it's a part of what AFA does. AFA, uh, we do believe in the latter part in carrying out the Great Commission uh, in aiding churches at home and abroad to make sure we're making disciples and sharing the gospel but mm -hmm. we also are part of our, our desire is to equip and activate uh, people to be involved as stewards of this nation that we have. And that's, yes. that's Rob's job, and that's an important job, isn't it, Alex? Well, it really is, and I want Rob to speak here in a minute. I do want to give the website. If, if you go to afa.net, as in American Family Association, afa.net, slash the stand and it's t-h-e dash s-t-a-n-d the stand rob i've always loved that name and uh you know i've written several books that stand was in the title stand strong for your faith stand 
core truth of Scripture. But we use that word, the stand, as in really defending truth, mm -hmm. uh, God and country, and taking a stand for what is right. And uh, you're leading many, many people in that regard, and we, we commend you, brother. Yeah, it is. Uh, and the I Voter Guide is a part of what we're to do, and the I Voter Guide is what we're here. Uh, Rob, it's been a part of AFA and AFR mm -hmm. for his contributing right referring to yes but recently there's been an acquisition of that correct right absolutely yeah uh, for the past uh nearly a decade uh bert alex that uh afa afa and afa action have uh have partnered and and, and contributed to uh the ministry of i voter guide i voter guide started in the state of texas and uh, they went down ballot in, in, uh, from statewide races down to the legislative races there in Texas and even covered uh, school board elections there. And uh, so they decided to go They that Texas didn't need much help, so they might expand a little bit and see who else they might could help in terms you mean of elections. Texas think they can stand alone? <laughs> now, come on now. Don't tell me that, Rob. Hey, yeah. Alex, Texas, uh, everything's bigger in Texas, so I guess they, that's it. Okay. Yeah, I'm they, telling they, you, they could stand alone <laughs> just about. You're right. You're right. So anyway, so they wanted to go out and, and, and uh, help the rest of the country. And, and so what they did, basically, they uh, that uh, the head of uh, Voter Guide at that time was um, – uh, Richard Ford. Richard Ford came and had a had a conversation with uh, Don Wildman and cast the vision to Don and said, "Hey, look, we need to have an online voter guide for people all across the country, where they could learn about candidates all the way from the president all the way down to their state legislature, and even hopefully one day at local elections." And we're and they're doing that now. And so Don said, "Yes, let's do it." And that was about ten years ago. And uh, just recently, and within the past few days, uh, AFA Action has acquired iVoter Guide. Mm. And so uh, AFA Action is going to continue the same robust evaluation of candidates, uh, again, from, from president all the way down to uh, state legislature and, in some instances, uh, school board elections. Well, these Amen. school board elections all of a sudden have come to the top. You know, the cream rises to the top. And, Alex, we have seen that in Virginia. We're seeing it mm -hmm. in other places. And so AFA Action is saying we're going to equip and, and help people to be educated in what this takes place. And that's vital. And, mm -hmm. Rob, I appreciate you doing that. And you're going to be active in that. You're, Absolutely. You're going to be. Be and, very involved in, in that process. And uh, Debbie Wuthnow. Uh, is is president of I Voter Guide and uh, I Voter Guide will become a division of AFA Action and she will retain that title as president of I Voter Guide. She will also uh, have a title uh, under AFA Action as vice president for voter resources. And so uh, Debbie has uh, done an outstanding job uh, in 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 expanding the reach of of the I Voter Guide. And so in fact, uh, currently the Voter Guide covers all fifty states, all all fifty uh, states uh, federal elections. That is. And then uh, currently it covers uh, all statewide and state races in 21 states. And by the midterm elections next year, we will cover uh, uh, 34 states. And by 2024, we will cover all 50 uh, statewide elections, wow. state legislative elections, and all federal elections. So that's going to be a significant uh, contribution, huge. yes, that uh, AFA Action will be injecting into the uh, voter guide process. And, and Rob, i got to say, this is just such an exciting thing to keep people informed so people can vote and vote intelligently mm -hmm. and vote godly. 
But I've got to say this, the, the fact that, you know, after a decade of, you know, promoting each other, now that uh, iVoterGuide.com is, is an arm of AFA, I mean, that's the favor of God on mm-hmm. this ministry, isn't it? Yeah, uh, I think it really is. You know, uh, I guess in talking to y'all and, and knowing what the, exploring the Word is, you know, the Bible says, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. And uh, what we try to do with the voter guide is to to help people understand who the candidates are. We want to compare what they say with what they do. And uh, if there are votes that need to be exposed, uh, things that they've done uh, in terms of their uh, um, in their election or uh, official capacity, then we want to you know their votes that they that they've supported for abortion type uh, legislation that they they supported or voted for LGBT causes. Uh, if they're uh, you know a, a Second Amendment is not an AFA issue or AFA action issue, but that is part of the components, one of the components of the, well, of the voter guide. Religious freedom. Religious freedom. Is, and, and so yeah. we're looking forward to this. We appreciate you, Rob. Uh, let me just say about Rob, he and Alex have a lot in common. Mm-hmm. Uh, both of them trained theologically, biblically, but then at the same time, very, very astute at, at the, you know, the issues of the day. And uh, I, I appreciate working you. I uh, I keep up with it, but I'm not active like like Rob will come by my office and he'll, <laughs> he's got a look on his face, Alex. It says I'm on mission, and uh, well, so I appreciate that he is he is a man that is on mission for God's calling in his life, and that thrills me to help be around people like that. Well, and I wanna I wanna say Amen, uh, Rob. You. And so many, I mean, at One News Now and Fred Jackson and Steve Jordahl mm-hmm. and just throughout the content creation of, you know, Today's Issues and Sandy Rios and Abe and Rob yourself. Um, folks, this ministry, the American Family Association and AFA Action and now the iVoter Guide, uh, this is, Bert, I, I'd say it's like this. It's kind of like a think tank, but it's a spirit-filled, um, biblically-based think tank but, Bert, isn't it a blessing to—and it inspires us also, but all of these people that love the Lord and just happen to be very brilliant people who keep up with current events. Rob and all of your colleagues, we we applaud you. Well, thank you so much, Alex. And, hey, I would like to say one thing. Uh, Barna, George Barna, uh, I'm sure—I know y'all are familiar with him. Sure. And uh, back in 2016 or, or, or post the uh, 2016 election, George Barna did some research— and uh, and he discovered that that uh, that American Family Radio, American Family Association, was the uh, was the fifth uh, most influential uh, group that had an impact on the election, and that actually it was uh, Tim Wildman. I think was the number. Excuse me. Let me, let me back up. It was the second most influential, and then Tim Wildman was the fifth num- uh, most influential person. So, mm. so we, that's, that's what you have. Dry. What you have is what God has done for Don Wildman in 1977 when he had a burden, and then it came to be a calling. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Rob and Alex, we uh, when we were going through the prophets, that's what we noticed. They would have a burden. Many of them have a burden. And God would use that burden to call them to mm-hmm. the ministry. And God did that for Don. He's done it for you. And and God's calling is up on our lives here at yes. AFA and AFR. And, and a part of that, knowledge. And that's what AF, uh, A Action does with the iVoter Guide. It gives you knowledge in order to let 
you be led by the Spirit of God in knowing mm -hmm. what to do as a steward, yes. as a, a citizen of this United States. And you hear me say this quite often. We to be a steward of everything we have, and part of what we have in America is citizenship, and, and that is so important. And so, Rob, we say thank you. Uh, man made God bless you and Deb as she continues to be the president. And uh, we're just excited about what God's doing. Brother. Amen, Bert. Thank you so much. Thank you, Alex. God bless you, brother. Alex, it's just so good to know that God is uh, using AFA in such a manner to make disciples. And then those disciples are equipped and then they have the knowledge to know how to use that locally nationally, and that's what AFA Action is trying to do. Well, you know, I did not know that about Bar the Barna ranking AFA as the number one most influential. Number two, number two. Number two, yeah. number two. Yeah. And and then Tim, but that is really exciting. Um, uh, George Barna is very respected. We've interfaced a number of times. I've interviewed him on the radio, and wow, I mean, it shows we're making a difference. And we're going to get into some scripture here in a minute, but I, I just want to say this. Um, we need to be encouraged. I think one of the tools of the enemy, and certainly one of the strategies of the secular left, is that conservative, Christian, constitutionalist, you know, what they call the faith and values voters, they, they want us to be discouraged. They want us to feel like that we don't really matter, but we do. And I want to say this, Bert, the people that love the Lord, care about truth in this country, we still really are the majority. We are, and we're praying that God would use you, and we're asking that God would help Alex and myself on exploring the Word to equip you with the Word of God to have wisdom. And we'll be back with more of Exploring the Word right after the break. This is Pause to Pray, a chance each day to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today, we pray for David Applegate, Acting Director of the U.S. Geological Survey. His agency studies the landscape of the United States, its natural resources, and the natural hazards that threaten it. Genesis 2.15 reminds us of the responsibilities given to us with our lands. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and keep it. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask you to guide David Applegate at the USGS. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team. With the generous support of listeners like you, our radio ministry is in our fourth year on the air. Keep the power of prayer going and become a regular sustaining member. Details at pausetopray.org. Dr. Tony Evans says there's a side effect of painful circumstances that can sometimes be worse than the circumstances themselves. He'll talk about that today as we spend two minutes with Tony. When life beats you down long enough, deep enough, God seems absent from you. The telephone line is off the hook. It's busy. You're not breaking through. Now, at that point that you hit weariness, you need more than you. Every Sunday morning, before each of the services, the elders meet. And on a regular basis, we are praying for some member that has called to speak about their situation, their weariness, or their suffering. 
And so we schedule them for a time of prayer before the service that they come to. We had a prayer today, and the one word that was used in our time of prayer was, I'm tired. Nothing is happening. God hasn't changed anything yet, and I'm just tired. Will you pray for me? This is when people want to give up, throw in the towel. That means you need some other folk who can cry out for you because you are too tired to cry out for yourself. What God does when you can't lift yourself up while you are praying for a change in the circumstance is he removes the weary while you wait. Learn the principles that can put more power into your prayer life. Get details on Tony's CD series, Igniting Kingdom Prayer, available online at TonyEvans.org. Then join us next time for Two Minutes with Tony. One of the most amazing things in the Gospels is what all they cover, but secondly is what they don't cover, what they don't go into depth about. Uh, Matthew and Luke, by large, they cover the birth of Jesus significantly. And John, you see that as we uh, talked about it yesterday about the Word becoming flesh. In the book of Mark, now I I just want to share with you Most everybody that listens to Exploring the Word uh, often know that I'm looking for some words that help us to understand. And there's one word in the book of Mark that'll let you know kind of what Mark does because I think it's Peter's story with Mark telling it, and it's the word immediately. You'll find that word again, even in chapter 1, verse 10, and immediately coming up out of the water. And then in verse 12, immediately the Spirit drove him into the wilderness. You'll find that word repeated. So, Alex, why in the world would you think Mark would not cover the birth of Jesus in, in any significant way? You have to read into passages to know about what took place. I, I think what uh, Mark is doing through Peter is let's get down to the life of Jesus, the death and resurrection. Uh, It doesn't mean the birth is not important, but it was, you know, that's just the way he viewed it and wanted to bring it to light. Well, amen. You know, if you notice in Mark chapter 1, verse 2 and following, it goes straight to John the Baptist, doesn't it? Now, in a way, uh, the Gospel of Mark, the beginning of the Gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, uh, what he what he means is the beginning of the ministry, it doesn't he? Because it gets to John the Baptist, the, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. And you get down there to verse 9, um, after John the Baptist, verse 9 in Mark 1, and it came to pass in those days, the days of John the Baptist, that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized of John in the Jordan, straightway coming up out of the water, the heavens opened, the Spirit like a dove descended upon him, and the voice of the Father saying, Thou art my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And 
you get straight into the ministry of Jesus. So like you say, I mean, um, definitely Matthew and Luke and John help us with some of the backstory, but Mark, uh, and Mark is, is a short gospel. Uh, Mark is probably the earliest gospel, and it's kind of just straight to the facts, isn't it? Just not not a lot of uh, not a lot of uh, extraneous material, but it's just right there the facts, isn't it? It is. I, I'm laughing because it reminds me of myself. I, when we would be in even college and seminary, and they would have discussion questions. The professors several would say Bert this is not a listing question it's a it's a discussion question and I said well I gave you the bare facts and they'd say well we want more than the bare facts you know we want uh, we want some discussion around it and I wasn't really good at that when I was writing and, and so here we have Mark uh, get into the ministry again of Jesus uh, his public ministry started with the baptism and it goes to the resurrection. Mark covers all of that, and that is so vital and so important. And and because of that, we do not get, quote, the incarnation, the Christmas story, but we do hear him talk about G- Father, the Father saying, my son, the Father talking about who he is at his baptism uh, and, and so forth, and Jesus himself declaring that he is. And so... I'll, Although you may not have the details of the story in the titles and what he did, Alex, you have the reference of who he was that God become in flesh and dwelling among us, don't we? We we really do. We really do. And you know what I was thinking? I guess it, um, the gospel writers that I probably relate to more would be Matthew and Luke because they're long <laughs> and a lot of details, isn't it? Yeah, we get this. And I, just for a <laughs> second, uh, people say, especially on the questions. Now, when it comes to just preaching and teaching, uh, I, I'd be long-winded. When it comes to questions, I think my math uh, comes out a little bit. My, I majored in math for two years in college. And and what you did, you wanted to get straight to it, get the answer, and get it on, over with and move on. And yep. and sometimes in my questions, I, I'm guilty of not giving it the fullness. And someone said, well, you and Alex works well together because you give the bare bones, and Alex puts the muscles and everything to it. So it mm. works good that way, Alex. And, and But here in, in, in Mark, again, it's action. I mean, all the way from chapter 1 all the way through, what you have is story after story. Peter, mother-in-law healed, him healed and others. The, the lepers healed, the paralytic is healed, uh, the call of Matthew. Uh, uh, just over and over again, you find Jesus' actions of, of demonstrating who he is, the very Son of God. And yes. in those demonstrations, we find him relating to men, uh, you know, caring for them. Uh, he saw that those that were letting the man down f- through the roof because he couldn't get to Jesus on his own, and we see Jesus having compassion on him. The compassion of Jesus that comes from him being the God-man, yes, God the Father is compassionate, but it's demonstrated through the actions and words of Jesus, aren't they? Well, absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, um, Mark is important. I want to say this because a lot of critics, and if you go to a college and you take a class on religion, 
a lot of the secular universities, they're very critical, especially the Gospel of John, because, you know, John is just unequivocally clear and emphatic on the deity of Jesus. So the critics don't like the Gospel of John, but even the secularists acknowledge, they, they can't get around it, that the Gospel of Mark is early eyewitness. Now, we know it's all the Word of God, and we could defend it as such. But let's just talk about Mark for a little bit. Even the more secular-slash-liberal critics acknowledge Mark is early, Mark is eyewitness, Mark is historical. And yet you've got, like in Mark chapter 2, you've got not only Jesus forgiving sins, that's his mission, you know, um, but his deity. He's worshipped, and he allows himself to be worshipped. And they said, who can... Uh, forgive sin, but God only. And he says, well, you've got it right. The Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sin. And uh, so then one of my favorite in Mark 2.28, Bert, where he refers to himself as the Son of Man, that's a reference from Daniel about the Messiah. He says, the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. Amen. Bert, do you realize, that is huge. It is. To, uh, for a, a man, Jesus to say to pious Jews, you know that Sabbath that you have just religiously observed for centuries? I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. And what this comes from is the controversy over Jesus plucking grain and his disciples plucking grain on the Sabbath that the Pharisees, it's not lawful to do such things on the Sabbath. And Jesus brings it in to, to David and so forth. And again, verse 27 and 28, the Sabbath was not made for man and, and not uh, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Therefore, now I love that. Therefore, the Son of Man is also the Lord of the Sabbath. The Lord of the Sabbath has the right to tell us what we can and cannot do on the Sabbath, doesn't he, Alex? Amen. Amen. Well, and you know something? Um, there is, if you study uh, books and commentaries, there's what they call the harmony of the Gospels. And oftentimes, if you've got a study Bible, uh, there is the harmony of the, the Gospels, and sometimes a harmony of the Bible, how it all fits together. By the way, if you ever see, and there, there's so many, but there was a John R. Rice study Bible, sometimes called the Rice, R-I-C-E, the Rice Reference Bible. There's a phenomenal harmony of the Gospels in the middle of that Bible. It's kind of a, a help. But let's talk about the harmony of, of the Bible Mark 10.45, Jesus is trying to help them understand his mission. He says, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Isn't that something? Now you read over there in Philippians 2, in complete harmony. Though he was God, the very essence of God, he didn't think he had to grasp it, but he emptied himself and was obedient even to death, the death on the cross. And so we see, you know, from Mark chapter 1, this is my beloved son, John the Baptist, the kingdom is at hand, repent, believe. Jesus says, come after me, I will make you fishers of men. And here's God incarnate who was willing to bow and go all the way to the cross. But we see this consistent theme, the Savior and how we can know him. We see this theme resonant throughout the entire word of God, don't we? We do. And you were talking about that one in chapter 10 about God and his ability to forgive 
uh, serving, and he came to serve and give himself a ransom. Uh, you know, Alex, let's, let's just talk about that. Uh, Abraham couldn't. Moses couldn't. David could not. They were the three, I mean, giants in the Old Testament. Okay, they were. But each one of them needed a Savior. Each one of them needed what verse 45 in chapter 10 says, to give his life a ransom for many. Guess who's included in that ransom? Abraham, Moses, David, Mary, the mother of Jesus, because she referred to him as she needed a Savior. And so, Alex, this is truly the God-man, Jesus Christ, and it follows in chapter 11 with a triumphant entry coming in to Jerusalem. And uh, again, they get those uh, palm trees and leaves and branches, and Jesus is coming in, and they're saying, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the kingdom of our father David that comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. This is straight out of Psalm 118, 148, declaring that he is Messiah that he has come, and it says in verse 11, and Jesus went into Jerusalem and into the temple, and and this is what he did. This is him publicly declaring it even before, I, you know, all the leadership there in Jerusalem. He had said it, and he had said it out in the uh, areas of, of Galilee and even out the outskirts of Judea, but here he's coming in on Main Street. You catch what I'm saying? Amen. And declaring his lordship, Messiah. That's our Lord Jesus. And again, we're, we're saying that the incarnations, no, you don't see that, but you see because of the incarnation uh, that was ta- that had taken place in the mark, you see his declaration of lordship even here in chapter 11. Wow. That's powerful. Hey, folks, you're listening to Exploring the Word. Alex and Bert here. The number, because we're going to take Bible questions here in a little while, the number is 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. If you want to call in with a Bible question in the next segment, we'll, we'll get to you. And, you know, let me uh, say this. You're talking about um, Mark chapter 11. Jesus answered and said unto them, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Uh, Bert, we not only see the gospel, but we see discipleship. We see Christian living. We see the practical things of the life of a believer. Faith, obedience, trust. And we, down there later on in Mark 11, forgiveness, keeping our heart pure and clean before God. So there is so much here, and isn't it something, even learning about the life of Christ, we can't help but learn about the life of a Christian. Yeah, uh, Alex, when you find out him coming in and and saying that and uh, making the authority, what he says, and he goes to forgiveness, the whole idea is authority. By what authority? And because of that, the the people in Jerusalem, the leadership, the priests, the scribes, the elders, they came to him and said, by what authority you are you doing these things? That, I love this uh, I do too. That <laughs> speaks of who Jesus is. They knew there had to be authority. 
Now, they were doing everything they could to avoid that authority because, guess what? If they admitted who he was in truth, they would be under his authority. And they right, didn't right. want that, did they? Well, no, they didn't. And, and you know, there's humor in that in Mark eleven twenty nine, where Jesus says, okay, I'm going to ask you a question. Uh, and, and if you can answer, I'll tell you by what authority I do these things. The baptism of John, was it of heaven or of men? And they reasoned within themselves. See, they weren't looking for truth. They were trying to play a chess game against God. Uh, they said, well, if we say John was from heaven, they'll say, why didn't you believe him? If we say of men, then we fear the people, for everybody counts John as a prophet. And they said, we cannot tell. Uh, <laughs> Mark eleven thirty three is just the vacuous impotence of an unbelieving world. We don't know. Jesus says, well, then neither will I tell you by what authority. See, you might say, well, why didn't Jesus say, oh, I'm the Savior. Don't you want to come to know me? They weren't looking for how to know the Savior, were they? They were looking to trap him any way they could. And the book of John shows this more than any other. You'll find, I think it's three different times before you get to the latter part of the book of John where it says his hour or his time had not come, his hour had not come. But when it does come, it says, my hour has come. And what Jesus did in many of those places, like this in Mark 11, he knew what they were trying to do, and he knew what they would do when they had that put upon them. And he was in charge even when he would ask those questions or even when he would ask them a question in order to, to get their response. Jesus, even at this time, Alex, demonstrates the incarnation, God becoming man. Hey, mm. we're going to take phone calls the next segment, and that number, 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. We'd love to hear from you. Give us a call today. In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality. I loved it. I loved how biblically sound it was, all the scripture to back it up. The testimonies were very powerful. If it's a prodigal child that has just run away or one that's caught up in same-sex attraction, there's hope in Jesus. In His Image is now available on DVD and can be purchased in bulk to pass out to friends and family. Order today by visiting afastore.net. They say actions speak louder than words. Here at the American Family Association, we take that to heart. AFA Action is here to inform and help you get involved in cultural and moral issues. You can also sign up for our AFA Action Alert, which will inform you about these issues every week by email. To sign up and for more information, visit us at afaaction.net. Why are you still sitting there? If you want change, it starts with you. The ear that listens to life-giving reproof will dwell among the wise. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. The book of Proverbs is one that flows with abundant insight for wisdom. It shows that one of the most prominent qualities of wise people is that they welcome and even celebrate life-giving correction. In today's world, overrun by cultural Marxism, there is much discussion as to what segments of our society hate themselves. Well, Proverbs gives the answer. He who rejects life-giving correction despises himself. 
The truest demonstration of self-hatred is revealed by knuckleheads who refuse to humble themselves and embrace life-giving correction. Loving rebuke saves lives. Correction displays love. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. This is Dr. Stephen Rummage with today's Moving Forward Minute. Luke chapter 2, verse 8 says this, And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. Most of us don't know what complete black darkness looks like at night. However, shepherds in the fields experience thick, inky black darkness where you can see nothing at all. Someone has said that if you take Christ out of Christmas, December becomes bleak and colorless. But Jesus came. And because he came, this season is filled with joy. Jesus shows up for his own birthday. He brings light to the darkness, and he brings all of the presents. He brings us the gifts of joy, peace, and salvation. And that makes for a wonderful, joyful celebration. For more resources, visit movingforwardradio.org. Join me every Sunday morning at 830 Central for Moving Forward right here on AFR. We give thanks to God always for all of you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers, remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Thessalonians 1, 3. American Family Radio. We've all searched for the light of day in the dead of night. We've all found ourselves worn out from the same old fire. Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours from the Gospel of Mark. Hey, this is Exploring the Word. Alex McFarland with Bert Harper. The number, 888-589-8840. We would love to have your calls and Bible questions. Bert, i gotta got to throw this out there. We're looking forward to next July 8 through 10. I know that's a long way away, but I got an email uh, today from The Cove, and they're working on my seminar. I'm going to be there again next summer. We, it seems like we always go to The Cove in western North Carolina. I'm going to be, uh, be teaching through First Peter, and uh, in 2023, Lord willing, if we're all still around, I'll be doing Second Peter, but you know I love First and Second Peter, and this would be a great Christmas gift. The Cove is beautiful. You can go to their website, thecove.org, T-H-E-C-O-V-E, thecove.org, the Billy Graham Training Center, and uh, come see us next July, 8 through 10, and we'll go through the book of First Peter, and a big part of our study will be on how to defend your Christian faith. You know, if you do that, you'll receive a double blessing. Alex, meeting him and getting to hear his teach teaching, which is awesome, and just to being at the Cove, it would be a double blessing. Let me encourage you to do that. We've got people on our phone lines, and we appreciate that so much. So we're going to go straight to the phone lines, and we're going to Tennessee and talk to Brad. Brad, welcome. Hey, how you doing? Fantastic, man. How are you doing today? You sound like you're doing good. 
Well, thank you. I try to. Amen. Listen, I got this. This is probably more of a prayer request than it is a question. But I'm I'm dealing with a young man right now that is tied up with a cult, and in this cult they deny the deity of Christ. My question, if there is a question besides the prayer request, is wonder why Jesus didn't come right out and say, I am God. Okay, Alex, he, he, it wasn't far from what he said. Uh, the most amazing thing is after his resurrection and he appears with Thomas present and Thomas says, my Lord and my God and Jesus receives it, does not deny it. He, he, he receives it readily. My Lord and my God, right there, Alex. Yeah, and, well, Jesus really did, yes, he did claim to be God incarnate. I mean, John 10, 30, Jesus said, I and the Father are one. Now, here's the thing. He was speaking to the Jewish audience of his day, but uh, there's no ambiguity here in all of the four Gospels. Now, I mean, you think about this. In the, the word I am, which was from Exodus 3.14, and that's like the, the eternal name of God, the great I am, which pious Jews of the first century, they wouldn't even vocalize or say that out loud. And yet in John 8.58, and this is sometimes called John's thunderbolt, Jesus said, truly, I tell you, before Abraham was born, I am, referencing himself. It's an amazing thing. Now, throughout the Gospels, I mean, you read where he's, uh, Matthew 28, 18 through 20, he says, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Well, who has all the power? God. Mark 14, we were just in Mark. Let me read you this, and I'll throw it back to you. Did Jesus really claim to be God in Mark 14, which again, even the critics accept the gospel of Mark. They said, uh, verse 61, you know, we command you, are you the Christ? That means anointed one, the son of the blessed. See, they wouldn't say God or the father or I am. They meant the almighty, the blessed one. Are you the son of God? Jesus in Mark 14, 62, quotes two passages that any Jew of the first century would have known was a reference to God, the deity. He said, I am, and hereafter you will see the Son of Man, this is from Daniel, the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power coming in the clouds of heaven. Now here's the thing. The, the chief priest said, we don't need any further witnesses. Verse 64, you have heard his blasphemy. Now, if Jesus didn't claim to be God, I got two quick questions. One, then why did the Jewish people of that day think he had called himself God? Because love your neighbor is not blasphemy. Be good, turn the other cheek. That's not blasphemy. Blasphemy that would get you executed was to call yourself God incarnate. So for the critics of the 21st century, Bert, who said Jesus didn't claim to be God, they're, they're kind of saying that they know more than the religious leaders that interrogated Jesus face-to-face. Well, they start with a, a position, and they're, they're blind. Satan has entered to blind the minds, and they, they are willfully blind. Uh, Brad, that's the whole idea. Someone who does not accept and say the Bible doesn't say that, 
they're willfully blind, especially this one in Mark. Thank you so much. And we uh, write Brad down and pray for him and pray for his friend that that this man will come to see Christ as who he is. Let's go to Florida and call, talk to Cassandra. Cassandra, welcome. Hey, um, Brad, and, I mean, um, Bert and Alex, how y'all doing today? Good. Great today. That's good. My question was, I know you have been talking about Satan and the fallen angels um, in a couple of your programs, and I just had a question. If they are still roaming the, the world, if they repent, would God forgive them? It seems like, Cassandra, Alex, you and I have talked about this before. The angels sounded like they had a one-time offer, and if they failed, they were out. Whereas as human beings, praise God, we get one, two, three, and more opportunities, don't we? We do. You know, there is no plan of salvation for the fallen angels, you know. Uh, and just like they got one chance, really, in a way, so do we. I mean, these angels that from eternity past had been in the presence of God, and yet one-third of the angels joined Lucifer in a failed overthrow of heaven. So they were cast out of heaven like a bolt of lightning, and thus their state is fixed. Now, Hebrews 9.27, it is appointed unto man once to die, and after, the ju- after this the judgment when we leave this world, there is no second chance. When the fallen angels left heaven, there was no second chance. And, and let me just say this, Bert. Uh, the, the centuries that the, the fallen angels, demons, have been out of heaven, it hasn't softened their heart toward the God they re- rejected. They're more resolved than ever to hate God, slander God. And uh, so time away from the presence of God is is going to compound someone's lostness. Yep. Amen. It, 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 Ten thousand really years into hell, people aren't going to say, "Oh, you know, I really wish I did have Jesus in my life." No, they're only going to hate and blaspheme more. That's why, come when you feel the overtures and the the beckoning of the Holy Spirit, respond to the calling of the Spirit. Don't wait. Don't reject because your heart. The more you reject God, your heart becomes harder, not softer. Yes. Next, we're going to go to Texas and talk to Waylon. Waylon, welcome. Hello, thanks for taking my call. Yes. Go right ahead. Question was in Genesis chapter 7. Whenever God tells Noah to take from the clean beast by seven, and the unclean, and from the unclean beast by two, are there just two pairs? of each unclean animal or just one pair, the male and the female. Okay. Alex, do you understand that question from Waylon? Uh, maybe. Okay, uh, Yeah, I, I'm reading there, and the Lord said to Noah, come, uh, you and your house, into the ark. Now, uh, see, there, there were some clean beasts. that w- There would be sacrifices on the ark, and there would be some unclean as well. So two by two for the preservation of the species, but... I've got to believe they took some extra animals for food and some for sacrifice too, Bert. That's what it seems like because you're exactly right, Waylon, that there is that said. It does not give us why. And and let me just say, share this with everyone. God does not always answer the why question. Uh, anybody who is a parent may have heard this sooner or later in their life when uh, – 
parents tell the children to do something that they don't quite get the need of? Why? Well, we don't. God doesn't always answer that question, does he, Alex? He really doesn't. It's been said uh, the Bible doesn't tell us everything that we might want to know, but it definitely tells us everything that we really, really need to know. But I want to say uh, thank you for listening. Goodness, uh, we're honored that you would listen to the show and call in to ask a question. And I wish we had more to give you, but we, you know, we just, I, I think to infer more than what the Bible says would probably not be wise, but I'm just grateful that this uh, person was listening. Amen. Thank you, Waylon, and keep it up, man. Let's go to Georgia and talk to Marty. Marty, welcome. And turn your radio down, Marty. I got it turned off. Okay, go ahead, man. Uh, uh, I got a question. Uh, some years ago, many years ago, I read, is there a scripture that says, a man being often reproved that continues to harden his heart and stiffen his neck will suddenly be cut off, and that without remedy. You bet it says that. Now, Alex, do you, know, you remember where it is? No, I don't, but I'm looking it up. Okay. Uh, I, I, I tell Proverbs folks, 29. There it is. I tell folks, I, I can quote a lot of those verses, but Alex knows where those verses are. And sometimes. Sometimes. Most of the time. Let me put it that way. But yes, uh, listen, being reproved means we need to change. And and the and Alex, you was talking about in hell, that's true. Look at Pharaoh. He hardened his heart. He was reproved. He hardened his heart. God even hardened his heart. Now there's a lot of people. How did God harden his heart? Did he do it through the natural process or did God do action? Uh, again, we've got our opinions and thoughts. But a man reproved and not responding and correcting, uh, Jesus called him, he, the name he used was stiff-necked, wasn't he? Yeah, which really, I, I, it's funny, I was looking this up, and it, it really means stubborn or obstinate. And, you know, stiff-necked means you're not going to turn. You know, let's say you're walking, and uh, over here on, on one side there's a big loud noise, but you can't turn and see what it is, or you won't turn because your neck is not uh, like vertebrae, but just one fused thing. And it says the stiff-necked man, the stubborn man who remains so after many rebukes will suddenly be destroyed and that without remedy. Bert, I think there's a lot of examples in life. Let's say the mechanic says, hey, listen, I've been telling you, you got a noise in that engine. Uh, you better let me fix it or that, that engine's going to blow one of these days. You're going to be stranded. And he said, like, I'll get to that later. And then one day in the middle of a rainstorm, you're broken down by the side of the road. Maybe the doctor says, hey, uh, you need to attend to this. And then suddenly you've got a health crisis. You've ignored it. But then, worst of all, the calling of the Holy Spirit. And maybe even right now, folks, listen. Maybe God, the Spirit of the Lord, is speaking, and you need to make sure that you're born again. And Christmas is coming. We talk about gift-giving. Well, receive God's gift of salvation. Um, don't be stiff-necked. Don't ignore the callings of the Lord. Make sure that you're saved. Make sure that you, Jesus is the Lord of your life. Because, Bert, uh, as much as God loves us, and he does, and he is merciful and he is patient, but life is finite, and the, the window of opportunity in which to repent and turn to God, someday that window closes. And, Bert, I think there are people in hell 
that probably intended one of these days to deal with the God issue. But, but they waited too late. You never know when your last day of life occurs. I, I know. I've pastored many, many years, and I am telling you, life can take an unexpected turn to death. The whole idea is getting right with God and doing it now. Today's the day of salvation. Turn to Christ. Let's go to Texas and talk to Tim. Tim, welcome. Hi, guys. I really appreciate your show. Thank you, uh, Tim. Um. So my question is, we know through Scripture that that God serves, or Jesus serves as an advocate and an intercessor for us while here on earth uh, to God. Uh, so I'm presuming that that particular role will no longer be needed once he returns and we enter into heaven with him. So if that's the case, if that is true, then what would his role be once in heaven? Okay. The role, his position stays the same. His role as intercessor, advocate with the Father right now is real. There's going to be a time when we stand before him and he gives awards. Now, I don't know exactly when and where. Alex, the Bible does not make it exactly plain. We can speculate when that time will come. But he is going to be there receiving. Uh, let me share with you. He's given and given, and that day he's going to be receiving. It says those crowns are going to be cast at his feet. I, I, I you know, I know that's one thing he's going to be doing. Well, amen, amen. And do you know what uh, the Bible says? That into the ages we'll understand and comprehend the exceeding greatness of his love and mercy toward us. And, you know, one of the things... Luke 23 says, you know, we'll be with him in paradise. He said that to the thief on the cross. Part of what Jesus is going to do in heaven is going to be with us. Being with Jesus, that's going to be the most glorious thing of all in heaven, I think, Bert. Fellowship with him in person. Hallelujah. Amen. You don't want to miss out on that. Hey, there's a number you can call if you're wondering how to be saved. Triple eight need him. Triple Eight need him. There are partners in ministry. They'd love to talk with you and help you come to the realization of Jesus Christ is Lord of your life. Hey, Alex, tomorrow's Fire Away Friday. You going to be ready? Uh, we're going to do it. It's going to be a good time, so we want you to tune in. Hey, tell somebody about American Family Radio and Exploring the Word, but most of all, tell everybody about Jesus. Jesus.